ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Bags of white powder. Vials of serum. Sweet, sweet injectables. This is the Enhanced Gains, where doping is encouraged and anything goes. That's ABC Melbourne's Sammy J's take on the Enhanced Games, because if there's one thing you can't do at the Olympics, it's doping. It's about how far you can push your body au naturel. So what if there was a way you could test how far your body could go with a little bit of help? Enter the Enhanced Games, high-level sport where doping is allowed so we can see how far human performance can really go. So if this goes ahead, how can they make sure the athletes are doping safely? Why is swimmer James the Missile Magnuson so keen? And what kind of example does this set for aspiring athletes? I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. David Mark is the ABC's national sport reporter. And, David, what on earth are the enhanced games? <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> concept. So, look, the idea is the brainchild of an Australian lawyer-come-entrepreneur. His name is Aaron D'Souza. And it's bankrolled by a group of billionaires, including the co-founder of PayPal, Peter Thiel, and other sort of venture capitalists. So they had this idea that they wanted to stage an athletics event like the Olympics, but they would allow people to take performance enhancing drugs. They say that those people would be overseen by a medical committee, but what they talk about repeatedly is that they want to promote the idea of science and what the human body is actually capable of. And so they want to allow people to take drugs. They say they'll be monitored, but they can take all the drugs they like. As long as they're within safe kind of guidelines, they can take whatever drugs they like and they are offering a large amount of money for people to do this. We're going to be paying all the athletes. Half of all Australians Olympians live in poverty, yet Australian Olympic Committee officials are earning fat cat salaries, some of whom are earning as much or more than the Prime Minister. They're offering a million dollars US for people who can break the 100 metres world record on the track and the 50 metres world record in the pool. And they're also saying that they'll offer around $100,000 to any athletes who qualify for the enhanced game. So they would say it's a sort of a big science experiment to see what the human body is really capable of. But obviously it's uh, something that's there to make money. They say they want to stream it on Netflix or YouTube, that kind of thing, so people can pay money to watch these athletes go for it. That's the idea. And I will be very honest, we are a for-profit corporation backed by some of the world's most significant investors, including the billionaires Peter Thiel and Christian Angermeyer. But we share those profits with our athletes and with our investors in a fair, open and transparent way. I guess this raises the age-old debate of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Why are we doing this? Yeah, well, I mean, I can't really answer that question. Um, you'd have to ask Aaron D'Souza. To be honest, the Olympics are kind of dull because it's the same format year on year, just in a different location. I think it's more expensive to host and it goes over budget and the athletes don't get paid. But his answer is he wants to see what the human bodies are capable of, or at least that's what the spin on the website says. It's hard to sort of escape the idea that it's just there to make money if it actually gets off the ground, given that they want to televise it and they, you know, will have people watching it. 
It sort of answers that, you know, thing that cynics for so long have said whenever the latest drug scandal breaks up in sport, oh, I think, you know, everyone should just get on the juice and go for it. It's kind of that idea. So, look, is it going to get off the ground? We don't know. It was announced last year, but what's happened recently is that the Australian gold medalist, James Magnuson, has basically said he's on board and he is willing to do it. First and foremost, it's cash. You know when you sit around the, uh, the pub with your mates and you say, what would you do for a million bucks? I'd try and break a world record for a million bucks. <laughs> so that was the first thing. He's also saying, and I don't quite understand this logic, that he thinks if he can do the same kind of times he did as a 20-year-old now that he's 32, it would prove that he was a clean athlete back in the day. I don't, as I say, I don't quite understand that logic. I guess what he's trying to say is he's interested to see if he can do now at 32 what he could do at 20 if he's got the advantage of using performance-enhancing drugs to help him get there. So I'm 32 years old. As far as my athletic peak, history says that it's behind me. The enhanced games say it's not. Let's find out, is this a genuine avenue for athletes post-career to continue their earning potential to continue to perform at a, at a world-class event. So you've touched on the safety factor of this as well. So if we're allowing athletes to dope, to push the limits of human potential, how can they make sure they're doing that safely? Well, look, what they would argue is that, you know, they're going to have a team of medical experts that are going to be monitoring the athletes and, you know, measuring their heart rates and heart size and so on to make sure that they're doing it safely. We're creating a safety system. And by that, we mean full system health checkups supervised by eminent clinicians before competition. And so we wouldn't allow an athlete who has cardiac risk, for example, to compete um, because we don't want someone to die on international television. That would be terrible for what we're doing. So we want our athletes to be safe and healthy, but we also want this competition to be fair, open and honest. But look, I've spoken to a number of people who are basically or all of the view that this is really, really dangerous, that, you know, the reason that drugs are banned in sport is not just for the level playing field kind of idea, but it is genuinely for the safety of athletes. Um, I spoke to the CEO of Sports Medicine Australia and he said there are none of his members who think that this is a good idea. And they're saying that as people who work in health and they want to look after the the well-being of athletes. So that is the question, how safe can it go? And you might say, okay, the, the enhanced games people might say, look, once we've got the athletes on board, we're gonna be monitoring them constantly. We won't be able to, we won't allow them to do anything that's dangerous. But it sort of raises questions about what athletes might do in order to qualify for the enhanced games. What levels are they prepared to go to in terms of their drug taking when they're not you know, under the auspices of this so-called medical committee in order to get qualification? I think it's actually a much safer situation. And let's begin with the scientific evidence. If you look at all of the controlled and kind of taboo substances, according to research published in The Lancet in 2012, the most dangerous is alcohol. And the, one of the safest is anabolic steroids. I suppose it kind of also raises the idea of what sort of message you're sending out to people that, that the way to achieve success is through taking drugs. There are other ways of doing it. It's an interesting, somewhat bizarre idea. The thing I find most extraordinary about it is that D'Souza and the, the website that's set up for the Enhanced Games, which I must say is very slick, keeps talking about science. It keeps saying that we want to sort of 
test, you know, the, the current anti-doping regime that's in in world sport, which is far from perfect, and I think most people would agree with that, but they say it's anti-science and what they're trying to do is promote good science. Well, I think that's kind of a really questionable claim. I mean, the idea of science is that you have a hypothesis, you test it, you observe, and you see what's going on. So that's the essential idea. But, you know, as Jamie Crane is the CEO of Sports Medicine Australia told me, if you're experimenting on a person with a drug that might not necessarily have passed therapeutic good testing and potentially hasn't even been tested on people, and if that has a detrimental effect on someone's health down the line, well, is that good science? Probably not. The other thing about the website too, Poppy, that's really interesting is that they've got a video on it from an athlete who claims to have broken Usain Bolt's 100 metre world record but says that he can't identify himself. I am the fastest man in the world. I've broken Usain Bolt's world record, but you've never heard of me. I am a proud, enhanced athlete. Kind of reduces the credibility of the whole thing down to pretty close to zero if they're making those sort of claims, but you know, hiding behind anonymity. It's, it's pretty hard to take seriously. So what events are we likely to see at the Enhanced Games? Will it be kind of a like for like for the Olympics or will there kind of be some different stuff in there? It's similar but different. So that athletics, yes, aquatics, gymnastics, strength kind of sports, but they also want to bring in the combat sports as well. So it won't be exactly the Olympics. It's a slimmed down version the basic kind of sports plus combat sports, you know, cage fighting and boxing and that sort of stuff as well. So that's what they're looking at. We should say that there is no plan for this to actually get up and running at the moment. It's just an idea and obviously they're waiting to see if they can get the athletes on board. They say they've got the seed funding from all these venture capitalists, but as it stands, James Magnuson is the only really high profile athlete who's got behind this. They claim that there are other athletes who are interested, but uh, I haven't seen any that have actually put their name to it. They, they might be out there, but I haven't heard of any apart from James Magnuson. I have about 4,000 athletes who have reached out to us, um, Olympians, current and retired and aspiring, who are sick of this broken system of dishonesty, corruption and exploitation. The Olympics sets a standard of working hard to achieve the most out of your body, but this is adding another element to that. So the other question that I think a lot of people will be asking is what kind of example does this set for young aspiring athletes? Yeah, I think that's the question that everyone's asking, really. I mean, because it, it suggests that if you, you, you want to do well, the best way to achieve that is through taking drugs. And it's exactly the opposite of the message that the anti-drug movement has been trying to send for you know decades, um, particularly through a lot of the drug scandals that we've seen. I think the other thing too is I, I find it kind of one-dimensional, the idea that um, by taking banned substances, be it anabolic steroid or a peptide or whatever it may be, is going to lead to a world record really sort of ignores the fact that there's so much else that goes into elite sport that creates the conditions that might set up a potential world record for somebody. I mean, one of the things that's actually changed dramatically in sport is sports science. And it's just how much more people, you know, exercise physiologists and sports scientists know about how the body works, which means that they can tailor training so much more specifically for to target particular areas for a specific athlete biomechanics has become much better with the advent of really great computing powers and high-speed cameras, that sort of thing. We know a lot more about nutrition. We know a lot more about rest and recovery. I mean, gone are the days where you just went out and smashed yourself. Nowadays, 
training is much more targeted. So there's all those things, not to mention the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that athletes have to put into their sport in order to be good enough to break a world record. So the idea that just taking drugs is going to do it without all those other parameters in place seems to me it's a bit strange. As I said, I find that a bit one-dimensional. Sport is about entertainment. Sometimes we get too caught up and take sport too seriously and think that we're playing for life or death out there. Sport's about entertainment. I want to see the fastest athletes in the world. So far, that's been at the Olympic Games. We've gone from test cricket to T20. We've gone from PGA to live golf. We've got Ronaldo playing in the Saudi league in soccer. Who says this can't be the next live golf? It takes the idea of sport as entertainment to a whole nother level. David, Mark, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Poppy. Cheers. Headlines. Remember how David Warner announced his retirement from Test cricket way out from his final test? Well, he started again with the T20 format, confirming that last night was his last match in Australia and he will definitely wrap it all up after the World Cup later this year. It's giving John Farnham. I started in the East Coast and finished the West Coast. Um, the send-off in, um, in Sydney was the ultimate like that was test match cricket it's what I've, I've you know aspired to play I, I did that and for me I'm still going to be playing the World Cup but look I think it generally will hit home once you're completely done I think once I stop and I realize how much um, cricket had meant to me and what it's done for me I think I sit back and reflect then the, the tears will come completely once I'm out of the game. Australia lost the match to the West Indies though in Perth overnight unable to chase down their total of 220 which was set up by an enormous 71 off 29 balls from Andre Russell. Warner scored 81 of his own, but it wasn't quite enough. The Aussies fell 37 runs short. AFL and Collingwood defender Nathan Murphy will sit out of their practice matches after suffering a concussion in the 2023 Grand Final. Murphy has been on a modified training program since returning to the club and says he wasn't in the right frame of mind to take part in match simulations. He has said, however, that he's not considering retirement. And the Matildas have announced a match against Mexico ahead of their Olympic campaign, should they qualify later this month. The match will take place in San Antonio on April 10 Australian time. And I just want to point out that today is Mary Fowler's birthday. So I wonder how Nathan Cleary went with the birthday Valentine's Day double. No pressure. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Thanks to the Enhanced Games for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.